and welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. Once again, I hope that you had a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and also in His Scripture. Once again, I truly, truly believe that the day is approaching here where, where we're getting close to the time of the end. We're getting close to the, to the return of Jesus Christ. Not yet to set up His millennial kingdom, but in terms of the rapturing of the saints, I truly believe that we are standing on the precipice with that. Um, we're looking continue at more and more turmoil as well in the regions. I mean, as we kind of see that China is prepping itself to invade for Taiwan, um, we heard that numerous times actually through this week and even concerns from uh, from FBI around numerous uh, potential cyber attacks around the infrastructure in the U.S. Um, you have that. You have the continued war in the Middle East as well, and then also the continued war in Ukraine. All of these things are all part of what Jesus prophesied. We said there would be wars and rumors of, the war, of wars, but yet Yet the time of the end is not yet. So we're looking at that right now. I think we're staring that down in the face. Um, what happens the rest of this year is going to be very interesting as it kind of preps, I believe, for what the major pieces to move next year. I can't say that the Lord has told me that. can't say that that's exactly going to happen for a fact. But just kind of what, as you kind of see the the spiritual chess pieces move and you line spiritual things upon spiritual things, then you can kind of see where a lot of that is happening. So, I mean, you have red heifers over in Israel, for instance. I mean, for the first time in over 2,000 years, um, we're looking at at some some interesting things that are happening right now uh, across this globe, which is why I'm still praying about potentially doing a, a midweek podcast where around current events and just how they play into Scripture. I'm still praying about that. Um, um, but uh, but I'll as soon as I do, as soon as I drop one, you all will know. Um, I apologize for being late on the on this episode of the podcast. Uh, we had a lot of sickness in my household uh, over the past couple of weeks, but now everyone is healthy and back to normal. So we should be able to get right back where we were on a more consistent track. So I appreciate you all being patient and waiting and uh, for me to drop. And we're going to have two this week as well. So um, just thank you for your patience and, and your continued prayers as well. So with that being said, we're going to continue our look at Exodus here, and we're going to talk about the battle beginning. So up until this point, we've seen redemption happen, we've seen the 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 baptism happen, and we've seen the bread and the water coming from the manna, and then also from the water. We know that, uh, that at this point, uh, we are seeing, you know, kind of that honeymoon phase, if you will, right? It's time where where Christ kind of takes you in, you know, your, your things are going good until finally it's time for the first battle. It's time for the first fight. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So before all we get to that point, though, we are going to uh, just remember all of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you'd like a copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to drop me a note at pathredemptionohio at gmail.com. More than happy to get one into your hands. Same thing with uh, my book, Grace Abounds. Uh, Feel free to drop me a note, path to redemption, Ohio at gmail.com. More than happy to get one of them into your hands as well. And then again, don't take my word for it. Please, please, please don't take my word for it. Make sure you're studying to show yourself approved unto God, right? We have to have to make sure that we are doing that work, right? So ultimately, we're going to look at, at the battle begins. But before we kind of get there again, um, we know that salvation and the baptism um, have 
have to form the the foundation for all things. Without salvation through the belief in Jesus Christ, um, the, there's just no way for us to move forward, right? And it's as Paul writes in Romans ten five through thirteen, where he says, "For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law: the man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way: Do not say in your hearts who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead." But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him for whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All of this is spoken of about salvation that Christ may be all in all. And when he turns around and gives it back, to his father. We've got to understand that our faith, everything is rooted in Christ. And while, yes, I'm, I'm working on a, on a series of books right now called Iniquity, the Cross, and Redemption. And I've finished the first book, which is called Iniquity. But, but I, as I'm working through this, though, we have to understand that, and I'm going to talk in that book about how the cross deals with our iniquity and how even in the book of redemption, how we have to, to walk kind of past that, but we don't actually walk past it as much as it is that we take up our cross and carry it as well to go and fight the things that are going to be standing before us. So we have to understand that our faith is rooted in Christ. And God gives us some time from the time of conversion to develop that and to develop that relationship. I always tell people when they first get saved, don't worry, it's going to be awkward. It's kind of like that first date, you know, with your wife. Or, or with your husband when you, you're the first date, it was awkward. You didn't know what to talk about. You weren't sure what to say. And then on, now you think about it. Well, you, now you can just, you know what to say when your wife's around or you know what to say when your husband's around. Same thing, right? Same thing as you walk with Christ. The more you talk with him, the more you interact with him, the more normal it will become and the more normal relationship it will be, right? But you have to understand that everything is rooted in salvation. Everything is is, is rooted there and everything is rooted in Christ because we won't be able to get through what comes next which for the Israelites was the fight with Amalek. Exodus 17, 8 through 15 says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became too heavy. So they they had to took a stone, put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is My Banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So after all these things that have happened, it's now time for the battle to begin. It's time for the fight to start to happen. The children of Israel were not prepared for the fights when they first came out of Egypt. Remember Exodus 13, 17 through 18 says, Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had led 
let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near for God, said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. You see, Everything leading up to this point has been the honeymoon period, right? God could not take them in directly into the battle because what will happen is they'll see war and they'll turn right back to Egypt and say, okay, well, it was a little bit better there, so I'm not going to have to worry about all this. So that's why he took them by. That's why he provided them the manna in the wilderness. That's why he provided them with the water from the rock, right? That's why he he washed them through the, through the baptism, that there may be a separation between all these things. We are not ready for the battle immediately out of of conversion, and he will not put a newly converted Christian right into the fire, but he will bring them and show them that he can provide all things for them when the battle starts. So, I've taught on this before, but it goes to remind everyone of Psalm 23. Psalm 23, once again, is not a psalm of, of death, but it is a psalm of life. It's about how we live our lives. It's about sitting, walking, and standing before the Lord. Psalm 23, 1 through 3 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down and green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. We saw this in Exodus. You see, God shepherds Israel where they go in the wilderness. Everything that we have need of comes from him. He shepherds us and guides us. He leads them a specific way so that they don't see war and become fearful. The same way a shepherd leads his flocks to where he can take them and make sure there's plenty of green grass for them to eat you know, plenty of water for them to drink so they can grow and ultimately produce that wool. So the second thing is he makes them lie down in green pastures. And green pastures is where the sheep are provided for. They have the abundance of food. We saw that with the manna when he caused the manna to come down from heaven and feed the children of Israel every single day. He leads them beside the still waters. Again, this provides the water of life for the sheep. We saw this again from the water in the in the water from the rock. Right? God provided all of these things things for the children of Israel. See, God is trying to get Israel to rely on him for all things, just as we are supposed to. This is the starting point. This is that place of rest that we've talked about so much. This is where our walk with God must start. If we can start here, then we can be prepared for when the battle comes. If we know that everything that we have comes from the Lord, if we know that he's our shepherd that will lead us the way that he needs us to go, if we know that all of these things that he will provide everything for us, then we can know that when the battle comes and when the wolf comes to start trying to kill some sheep, that our shepherd will protect us and will watch over us, right? The same way that David did in the while he was watching over the flocks with the bear and the lion. That's a picture of Jesus Christ fighting those things off for us. Now, as the battle comes, we need to take a look at some key pieces here. Amalek came out against Israel when Israel was not strong. They had just come out of Egypt, and they were learning how to walk with God. And now Amalek, who's a descendant of Esau, comes out against them. We had talked about, about the world trying to, to take everyone back, 
but in this case, it is the family that is trying to cause Israel to stumble. Their own cousins from the descendants of Esau are now trying to stop them. If our family is not on board, we will have to focus on God and follow him. Don't forget that. Because remember, it was Jesus that said, you know, you must hate your father, hate your mother, hate your brother, hate your sister, and follow him. Nothing can come between us and the Lord. And we have to make sure that we understand that because it may, it has cost plenty of people their families when they begin when they get saved and they turn to the Lord. That's a decision that has to be made, right? And we have to count that cost before we follow him. Joshua also in this case was in the fight. In this case Joshua chose men of the children of Israel to go out and fight. There will in our case we're going to have to still face the battles. We're going to have to still face the things that are coming out against us. We can't just allow whatever happens just to happen. We still have to pray. We still have to seek the Lord. We still have to intercede for others, right? We still going to have to have to be in the fight with our brethren. See, but it was Moses that was providing the spiritual cover. See, Moses is the picture of the intercessor. Who is the intercessor? But Jesus Christ. As a picture of Jesus Christ here, when he held his hands up, up Joshua prevailed. And when they weren't, Amalek prevailed. So as a picture there of the intercession of Jesus Christ that we have already overcome, the battle's already won, the battle has already been taken care of because Jesus Christ has already won everything. He sits at the right hand of the Father, awaiting until his enemies be made his footstool. The only thing that has to change is us. We're the ones that have to change. We're the ones that have to recognize not the situation that we're in, not the battle that is before us, but that we have to recognize who Jesus is and that we have a covering in Jesus Christ. You see, her and Aaron represent the help of that congregation as well. This can be for the intercessor or simply coming together and praying for someone who is going through the battle. For instance, my pastor right now is going through a tremendous battle over his health. We are praying constantly. Sometimes we come together and pray. Sometimes we don't. But I can tell you that just about every member of that congregation is praying for him and that the Lord would lead him and that the Lord would strengthen him. I would ask that you would too as well. Well, but at times it can be exhausting, and the true prayer warriors sometimes need to be held up, and you got to rotate that out and through. But here's the best part about this: is that Jesus Christ has it anyway. He doesn't need help interceding because he already did. And if we just trust him and walk down the path, then we'll be okay, and we will prevail the same way that Joshua did. In our walk, there will always be some members of the body of Christ going through the battle. At times, we're Joshua. At times, we're in it, man. We are going through it. Other times, we are Moses, where we're trying to provide, help provide some covering. We're trying to intercede for people. And at other times, we're Aaron or her, and we're praying and interceding and supporting those around us and doing the best that we possibly can. You see, that's what we have to understand. That's why our bodies fit jointly together. Paul tells us this in 1 Corinthians 12, 20 through 26. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow great on, the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, and I want you to listen to this, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer 
with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. We are part of the body. When one hurts, we're supposed to all hurt. When one rejoices, we're all supposed to rejoice. We have lost this in the, particularly the Western church. Why do I say that? Because when we see people's hurts, we say, oh, God bless you. Or, hey, I'll pray for you. And don't do anything about it. We don't go visit them. We don't go see them. We don't text them or call them and check in on them on a regular basis. If that's my brother or my sister in the natural, I'm doing that. But why would it be any different who my with my spiritual brother and sister when that is actually much more important than blood? So we have to understand and get back to the part where we are interceding for each other, where we are praying for each other, where we are checking in on each other and relying on each other. Because guess what? When this world literally goes to hell in a handbasket, the Antichrist shows up, you know, and all these things happen that are going to be happening. We don't know how long we're going to be here, right? I personally am a pre-tribulation rapture believer, but at the end of the day, I don't know how long it's going to be. We could go now, we could go tomorrow, we could go go 10 years from now and things could be absolutely terrible. I don't know. But at the end of the day, What's important is that we rely on our brothers and sisters and that we support our brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay, because guess what? If we all have to go underground, who are we going to trust? If we don't have a congregation built around us, if we don't have a people that we can trust, that we've done and worked and labored among them. Amen. That's why church is so important. It's not necessarily just about worshiping God. It's about being part of the body, which is our reasonable service. Now, going back to this battle with Amalek, we know that Joshua won this battle. We can win our battles as well. We have Jesus Christ, and remember, ours have already been won by him. The war with the Amalekites was far from over. But look what the Lord said in Exodus seventeen fourteen. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in this book, and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. The Amalekites were defeated in this battle, but the war was not over. The war would not be fully over, not be fully blotted out until the time of Saul. And even then, some would escape as Haman, the Agagite, would come to play in Esther. Agag was the king of the Amalekites that Saul was supposed to dismiss. So understanding all of that, we see that it's a long time until the Amalekites are actually done with. But here's the thing. If we can find our place of rest, we can walk through anything that is set before us. Going back to Psalm 23:4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It all starts with the place of rest. I'm sure Israel thought they might be defeated by Amalek, but they weren't. Plenty of us, as we go through our trials, will constantly think that we are going to succumb to them. But God has it. We are comforted by the rod and the staff of the shepherd because we know that he has all things, including us. We are in the palms of his hands. He has us. He he watches out over everything with us. But we have got to find that place of rest when we are going to fight our battles. When we do, we we put on Christ, right? We've you've heard that that term before that we put on Christ, and that's that's what Ephesians six ten through eighteen is all about, where it says, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand 
Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Every aspect of that armor of God is putting on of Christ. Christ is truth. Christ is righteousness. Christ is the gospel. We put our faith in Christ, right? And we only put our faith because it works through love, which is the love of the act that he did, right? We have the helmet of salvation, which is Christ, 1 Corinthians one thirty, right? And then ultimately we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we know that from John chapter one, that in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. So understanding all of that, we see that when we put on the armor of God, we put on Christ. Why do we put on Christ? Because he is our place of rest. He is our refuge. He is the strong tower that the righteous run into. That's all that this is. It is a different way of saying the same thing. And that is the theme throughout the scripture, is that when you go into the battles, the battles won, you have an intercessor there. You need to be there with your brethren, but you have an intercessor there who is Jesus Christ that you can run into and you can find rest and victory in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Because all of us are going through stuff. All of us have fires all around us. All of us are seeing things from different perspectives. All of us are seeing the challenges that we are facing and all the things happening in this world. Yet, nevertheless, it is here that we can find rest in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But you're not going to find that rest if you're not going spending time with him, if you're not praying, if you don't have that relationship. Amen. Look, if you want more details about how the the armor of God is is Jesus Christ, um, go back to, to season five of this podcast and listen to the podcast on intercession. Um, because I, I talk a, a lot about this and particularly about praying always for all saints. Right, That last kind of verse here, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. We have to make sure that we're doing that, that we're in the battle, that we're in the fight with them. We will fight battles. We will. Look, despite the intercession of Moses, Joshua still had to go out there with the sword. He still had to do the deed, right? He still had to go and do the things in order to defeat the Amalekites. We are going to have the same issues. We're going to walk through things. But there is a covering from Christ. Just as Moses covered Joshua with his arms, that will cause us to get through and prevail, just as Israel did in the Amalekites. This first battle is important. Because it's the first battle oftentimes that will tear a Christian apart and that will stop them in their tracks. It's the first trial. It's the first time where they begin to struggle really with with understanding what God has given them and understanding what salvation really is. Because, you know, oh, these things didn't happen when I was out in the world. And they kind of do the same thing that the children of Israel did. But if you get through the first battle, there's no going back. If you get through that first battle, you'll understand that, look, okay, God's got this. He really, really has me. He really, really has everything that I could ever possibly want. Amen. Look, I hope that you're getting something out of this this 
walk through Exodus because I do think it's important. And while this this whole period may have only lasted a, a couple of months and for the children of Israel, for us it's a really important picture of how we go from um, from looking at at coming out of the world, coming out of Egypt, and then into exactly what God wants us to do and into the promised land. Actually, ultimately, until we dwell before God in his holy mountain. Amen. But I do think it's an important part here in terms of the individual development. The next episode, we're going to talk about how uh, the division of authority and how that works throughout the church, right? So, so far, it's been more about the individual development, but now we're going to look at holistically the structure of the church and kind of what was supposed to be laid out at that point. Amen. So look, if you're going through something, pray for people. Pray for everyone, everyone around you, right? If you're not going through something great, you're on a mountaintop experience, perfect. Seek the Lord. Seek him with everything you got, right? And make sure that we're praying for everyone, you know, and and make sure that we are seeking the Lord on behalf of our of our family, our friends. And I do it for everyone that listens to this podcast. I say, Lord, you, I just ask that the words in this podcast meet, do exactly what you want it to do, and that it may grow up into the measure and the stature of who you are, because that's ultimately the purpose. That's why he set forth a fivefold ministry, which is actually something we're going to talk about next, next time. So, um, with that being said, once again, I stay close to the Lord. Stay close to Him. I know I say it all the time, but I'm begging you, stay as close to Him as you possibly can because the times are changing very quickly. Amen. So with that being said, have a great week. And just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.